this is Will Wheaton. You're listening to Radio Brendo Man. Welcome to a special episode of Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy, and um, I'm on vacation this week, so we got a special episode today featuring our webcomics advocates panel from WonderCon. I know we said we had some other stuff from WonderCon, but the recordings just weren't really up to snuff, and I just um, don't want... Um, I just didn't think they were salvageable. The recording, um, the, the settings on the recorder weren't correct, so um, it's just kind of a mess, and it was really noisy where we were recording, so we'll take that into consideration in future conventions. Um, the panel turned out great, so you'll be able to hear that, and it features uh, Andrew Lindy as the moderator, um, Phil and myself, and our friend Patrick Scullin. You can check him out on the web. Um just look up Patrick Scullin illustration, and uh, or on Facebook. And uh, if you're interested in anything about uh, creating, making stuff, I think there's a lot to offer, not just for web comics, but for any creative endeavor. And uh, be sure to check out our website, RadioBrendo.com. You can uh, go to BenviewNetwork.com for all the other Benview Network shows, including Andrew's show, Nerd's Eye View. And you can go to our get our other links on radiorender.com. Brendoman at gmail.com is our email address. Be sure to use our Amazon link, rate and review us on iTunes. Got our Dream Host referral link if you want to save $50 on your hosting. Just go click the link at radiobrendo.com to save that money. And um, don't forget Comic Con Palm Springs coming up. August 26th through the 28th, we'll be doing live Radio Brendo Man. Lots of other stuff there, including panels, including this. We're doing um, this Webcomics Advocates panel there. If you want to see it live in person, you can get your tickets, ComicConPalmSprings.com. That's going to do it for this week, so uh, listen to the panel and enjoy. All right, welcome to the Webcomics Advocates panel. Uh, yeah. Good, I'll get in how many people out there are actually creating web, web comments right now? Oh, show of hands. Nice. Good. Nice. Good crowd. How many people are just fans of web comments? That's good. That's good. How many have a really good idea for a web comic? Oh, man. I don't have one. Shut. Oh, they don't like you. How many have a really good idea for one but haven't started one yet? Okay, that's good. We're in a good, good, good spot there. Uh, well, today on the panel here we have Phil Vecchio and Brennan Creasy. Hello. Hello. Yep. As well as Patrick Stone. They're going to tell you about their webcomics. Uh, let's start with uh, Phil and Brendo. Uh, what is your webcomic? How did you get started? Uh, we have a webcomic that's called Brax the Alien Rocker. Uh, it's the story of an alien who comes to Earth to get involved in the music industry, and his best friend is a manta ray. It's about that. So, sums it up. So yeah, pretty much that one. And they have wacky adventures. So, and high things. Yeah. A lot of high things. We're at, uh, we're 
approaching 500 strips um, on our very slowly. Very, very slowly these days. We'll, we'll get into that. My turn. I do a webcomic called Super Siblings. Um, I like to say that it's written for geeks and their kids. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, written for geeks and their kids. It's, uh, let's see, um, going on eight years old and uh, going slower than usual, <laughs> but uh, um, still healthy and strong, and um, I love making it, and it's on the web and in print. If, if I could just chime in, because we've both mentioned this, we're actually, we started a new, uh, more conventional update uh, pattern for our website, and what I mean by that is that when there's a convention coming, I make sure to put an update up real quick. Before come, so, yeah. yeah, feel cool! <laughs> All right, carry on, carry on. And so how did uh, Brax get started? Uh, well, Brax was a, a doodle that I used to do um, when I was bored at various uh, functions. And uh, I would write a little... Well, we both uh, have done a lot of stuff with music, um, have an independent record label. that Put on concerts and all that kind of stuff. Well, Phil, since he was in high school, and then I became Phil's, like, assistant or something, sidekick. Right hand man. Now he's my sidekick. So, that's right. That's right. Turn around. But um, I would write these little jokes about, you know, sometimes venting frustrations or just funny observations about the, the music and the bands that we were experiencing. And Brendan was, you know, hip to the whole new webcomics thing and said, hey, we should turn this into a webcomic. And uh, we, we got this book called How to Make Webcomics. And a few weeks later, like less than two weeks later. Seven years ago, almost, like a couple, yeah. just a couple days ago. And um, yeah, we read that book to get the practical stuff. I put up the website and um, we, were, we, we were up and running and we've been going ever since then. And that's how easy it is. Just so you guys know, like there's nothing... We're not like wizards. We we don't. We're not even really art. Sure? Well, I mean, unreal I'm a Jedi. I'm waiting. I mean, my, my I started getting gray hairs in my beard, so maybe I, you know, maybe that's what that means, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Patrick, how did you get started with Super Um, let's see. Just I just had an idea for this comic strip. I wanted to have kind of it, originally it was kind of like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith type deal with kids. And uh, I just had this idea where the brother and sister were, um, one was good, one was bad, and they were in conflict, you know, but they didn't know each other's secret identity. And so within their own family, they were doing the whole Clark Kent thing. They couldn't recognize each other. And uh, it kind of started there, turned into the webcomic. And over the years, it's kind of morphed now where I have two kind of, uh, two paths for it. One, in print, it's more of the adventure superhero comic. But then on, online, it's more about the parents. And so I've kind of let it diverge that way. And it seems to feed the audience because those that read it online uh, think of it more as like a little funny comic strip. If you read it in print, it's more adventure comics that kids enjoy. And uh, Patrick, you, you both write and uh, draw? Yeah. Um, and I rip off my son. He, uh, <laughs> he ghost writes it for me. He doesn't realize it, but he's pretty funny. So I'm always stealing from him. <laughs> And how, how does that process go with uh, drawing the art? Well, um, right now, I, I do everything digitally. So um, I have a little, you know, sketch file where I keep track of uh, different ideas and stuff. And I do it all on my surface. Um, it's really funny how over the years it's changed. Because in the beginning, I was all traditional media, all ink and um, crystal board and 
carefully scanning and cleaning up the art, and I've gotten kind of uh, more efficient, I would say, is the nice way. Lazy is the other way I would say it. Um, just digitally, I can kind of repurpose some of my files, and uh, and that makes it go a little faster. So I like doing it that way. And uh, Phil, uh, you and Brendo, you write uh, the comics, but you're not exactly artists, are you? Uh, not in the traditional sense, no. <laughs> how many how many people in here are familiar with dinosaur comics? Anybody? Okay, we got a few, quite a few there. So Ryan North, um, um, he came up with an idea where he he made six panels. It's like a his are like um, sprites, and it's the same six panel comic, and he's been doing it for years. And he actually makes a living doing it. Only thing that changes only changes is the, dialogue. Is the dialogue. And I was like, well, if he can do that, then we can come up with something similar for Brax. And Phil had had um, Phil spent quite a few hours making figuring out how to do it in Illustrator, and we've been using the same um, vector graphics ever since then. But ours move around a little bit, so it's like the <laughs> but, next just, level. but it's but it's easy enough to just manipulate them, move them around. Sometimes we'll have just one of the characters, and we've we've been introducing characters about one every four years at this rate. <laughs> I think we're up to like six, aren't we? Oh yeah, we, we we added, and we keep it again. We keep it very simple, as you can see. I mean, it's Rax things that I can draw. So we got the manta ray and the alien, but we also have a slug. And the newest one was a starfish. <laughs> yeah, and the ro and Rosie the rose. Oh yeah, and then basic stuff. And then like you know. Brax's parents, who just look like Brax but are different colors. The dad has a mustache. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but honestly, the idea and part of why we started the whole webcomics advocates thing is that anybody, we believe anybody can can do this. Anybody have a can, good idea can put together. The, the cool part about webcomics versus traditional comics is that there's no barrier for entry. If you can get a, a free uh, what, what's the website. Well, Help me out here. I mean, there's lots of different like, WordPress, ones. WordPress, 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 thank you. You can get like, a free site and start putting your comics up tomorrow if you want to. Like, yeah. no, no one has to tell you, no, your idea is good or bad. You, you need to submit this thing it. to this guy and he maybe, needs to approve it. Maybe and somebody should tell you. <laughs> maybe they should, but well, you know, I mean, that's, they, don't, they won't. They won't. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> will tell you it's bad. They've told us it's bad. Yeah, Not everybody. If, if, if nobody reads your comic, then maybe you should work harder or try something else, but if eventually if you build an audience and it's going to take a long time, I mean, um, there is, you know, you have your overnight success stories, but those are very few and far between, and then you have the guys that people think are overnight successes, like Penny Arcade, PVP, those guys, and what you don't hear about is how those guys worked in obscurity for years and years and years to get to where they're at. And it's a lot of hard work, but and you got to be passionate about it. That's and we want to help stoke that passion in people. And that's why we're here because we're stoked. Yeah, rise up, <laughs> web comics creators. Yes. So where do you guys uh, post your your web comics to? How, do, how does that process work? Um, we use. Uh, I already had like an existing like blogging software installed. Um, if I could start fresh, I probably would have used WordPress and something like Comic Easel. Like again, if you're just starting, that would be my recommendation. It's really easy, um, ready to go. It's designed. It's a WordPress plugin specifically for web comics, and it's free. And um, the guy who supports it is really cool. Yeah, and he's very helpful. Great. He actually just started a Patreon. Oh, um, he did. But because you can get you can get customized, you can get one-on-one -on -one support oh, like if you support his Patreon. But he still helps out everybody. I've, oh yeah, he's, he's always out of a jam, big time. Been very helpful. Um, um, just like. Uh, my site went down. They upgraded the uh, WordPress upgraded one weekend or something, and 
all my links went down, and it was on the previous system, uh, Comic Press. Yeah. And he had been involved in that, and he helped me migrate everything over to Comic Easel just just as a favor. So great guy. It's from what's yeah, his nickname. I, I don't even know what his real name is. Yeah. Um, but we use a, we actually since I had an existing blogging setup and it was just a matter of hitting a button to create a new blog that was called B2 Evolution. But really, the nuts and bolts of it are having some kind of blogging platform. That's the easiest way because it's easiest to. Most of those are pre-designed so that you can share things. You want something where it's easy for people to read it, it's easy for you to update it, and then especially this day and age of social media, it's easy for somebody to, one, the newest thing, again, I was just talking with this with Phil, is it needs to be easy for people to read on their phones. Something we found since we started in 2009. Eight. 2000, the BRAC started in 2009. I can show you. <laughs> We started talking about it in eight. Two thousand seven. All right. We'll, we'll, I, I will come back. It's on the front page of the website, but it might be eight. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. But anyways, when it started, um, most of our web traffic was coming, and you can track this. It's pretty easy. Google Analytics, or even if you, depending on your blogging software, you can get it right in there, and it will tell you like where people are coming from. And I would say now, like seventy-five percent of our traffic is from mobile devices. Like a lot of people are looking at things on their phone, and then the other 25%, I assume, are like at work on like boards. <laughs> um, and like a huge chunk of traffic comes from mobile devices. It, oh, it, it, it does tell you their domains oh. that they're coming from, and so I can kind of <laughs> keep an eye on that way. Um, but so you need, they need to be able to look at it on their phones, and they need to be able, easy to share. Like you want, they need to like some, like easy to share links. So now, I mean, again, WordPress, um, there's the, what is it called? Um, I use Jetpack. Jetpack, yeah. That's Jetpack, it, it provides the share buttons. Like, it, it instantly does all that stuff. And so each of your posts has those. And that's what people, people like to thumbs up, like things and mm-hmm. share things. And you got to have that ready to go. Yeah, Sorry, I, go no, I do the same thing. And um, what I, I told you guys before that I've been toying with, uh, reformatting my comic to be one panel. Um, lately, it's, I mean, up until now, it's been three panels, but I'd really like to try to rewrite it so that it can become a one panel comic strip so it's just quick, people can see it in one panel, like a meme, and, and uh, share it on Instagram. So, uh, you guys have also released uh, your uh, web comics in uh, book form. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about that? Go ahead, Patrick. Sure. Um, so I've got a collected edition. I actually have two now. Um, hopefully by the summer I'll have three. But uh, for me, that's the, the best revenue source I have off the comic strip is uh, selling collected editions of the book. Um, I've done a few Kickstarters over the years to get that going. Um, I've uh, spent a lot of money on it. Please don't tell my wife. Um, done a variety of ways to get those books out the door. But... Uh, um, Book publishing in print has been helpful to me at conventions. Um, I was at the panel earlier, and I don't know if some of you may have been there. They were talking about um, there's still something about having something tangible in your hands. I mean, I love how convenient web comics are uh, and just digital comics in general, but there is something about the fact that you can't collect it. So having it in paper allows people to collect your comic, mm-hmm. even if it's a web comic. So. I just don't think there's any reason to, to ditch print entirely, but the webcomic obviously is so accessible, that's how you get readers, so. 
Anyways, Brent has been really good to me. And was there uh, any challenge from converting it from a web comic into physical? Well, that, that's a really good question because for me that meant planning ahead that all my work is high res. So from the beginning, I, I made sure it was was high res so that I could downgrade it for the web, but then later have the originals to make the print copies. And back up those high-res original <laughs> files, Phil. Which we've learned, yes. Uh, I'm always reminded of that, but it's good advice. We did do back that, up, and, then, and then we lost a lot of those um, because there was some Phil's hard drive crash. Fire? Something? No, just, no. I don't know. It just broke. <laughs> so, then, so, then we, so then Phil was, had to like recreate... Several, yeah, several strips, yeah. Um, but then, but they, like I said, keep your original files, keep them high res because you're going to need them. And um, we did our book through uh, since we didn't have we had we as in our music experience, um, printing a bunch of CDs ahead of time is same thing with books. It costs a lot of money, and you got to figure out a way to sell those things. And if you have a bunch of them, you got to figure out where to put them. And in my Phil's, garage, Phil's garage full of our CDs is a testimony. Um, I don't know if um, Phil's wife would have approved of having adding a whole bunch of boxes of books to that. And she's over right over there. Yeah. Um, so, so we did a print-on-demand thing. Um, we actually talked to some of our friends in web comics, and they suggested um, using uh, we, we use Lulu. Um, one of our friends, um, David Malky, had actually stopped making his books through Image because it was just there wasn't enough money in it, and he went through Lulu. Chris Straub did stuff through Lulu, and um, so that was their suggestion. And it turned we were we didn't know how it was going to turn out. We bought, and the thing is, you can you can you can you just, we just ordered one when we when we we uploaded it and had it formatted correctly. That was kind of tricky, but they have guidelines and templates, and we did it in Illustrator. Yeah. And did it all since we were doing the cheapest option, which was black and white. And because we have a rock theme, we wanted to do like a punk rock theme. So the black and white rough look kind of worked for it. And it turned out we were shocked with what came back. Like it looks, it looked amazing. It, I think it looks cool. And it's just cool to have something like, you know, we put this into the world and a few people bought it. And this Enough. Was, yeah. We also learned a valuable lesson in that, um, and I've I mentioned this other times before, but always have your mom proofread your stuff. His <laughs> uh, mom immediately found Yeah, it was, we did like a test copy and printed it up. I gave one to my parents, and my mom's like, oh, you know, there's a bunch of typos in here, right? I'm like, <laughs> two, actually, only two, to be fair. And that's but. the benefit of doing print on demand as opposed to like a printing all at once is you can just upload your changes and then the next people and then every book is a special edition yeah you've got, you've got some really like limited edition limited edition yeah typo ones so no, I'm I, collecting I, I got a funny thing about that this, this other book Pandemonium um, the first run the printer messed up and there's a page that was clipped the image was clipped oh on yeah the, and the text was cut off and they'd already sent me all these these copies and it was obviously their fault so they owned it and they fixed it for me but I had already started taking them out to conventions and stuff so I just like signed them with a little happy face said oops <laughs> you got a special copy you know <laughs> wrote in the margin <laughs> so uh, what are some of the biggest challenges that you faced in creating web comics well for me it's um, finding not only an audience, but finding an income source, I think, is 
is a challenge for me. I, I don't really view making the comic as a challenge so much because I, I like it. I love it. I'd be doing it whether I was making web comics or not. Um, so to me, it's just finding finding readers and um, you know finding revenue sources. It's a big challenge. So I would my my advice to everyone is keep your expectations low as you're starting out and uh, let it develop. And I, I would say, um, and this kind of goes for just about any creative endeavor. Do something that you want to do because you love to do it, not because you want to make money at it. Because the chances are very slim. There's a very small percentage of people that make money doing any kind of creative things. And so, you know, if you're if you're going into this thing, I'm going to make a ton of money. First of all, probably not. But second of all, you're going to get burned out because you're doing something for a, 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 the wrong motivation. If you yeah. love doing it, you're not going to get tired of doing it because you would do it anyway. Yeah, I've seen a lot of webcomics people come and go because they're like, I'm going to make this comic because it's like something that has been successful. It's like something that has made money instead of, and that's, you're going to, you're going to, if you're not, if it's not something that you're excited about or you're into and you're only doing it because you think other people are going to buy it, like you're going to burn out and it's not going to work and you're going to get frustrated. So you have to do, like Patrick said, you have to do something that you'd be doing anyways, and and you would and you don't need, you know, that you love to do. Like Phil and I would be making these silly stories about like things that happened to us if nobody was reading, and so that's that's what keeps us going. I mean, the only reason why things have petered out a little bit for us, I mean, we still keep going, is just because we're working on so many other things, and I think that's if if you know a lot of web comics they run their natural course. And not to say that we're ending Brax, because we're not, but um, we're working on, again, we're working on a lot of other stuff. But a lot of web comic creators, for instance, Chris Robb has gone through a couple different comics and they're very successful, and then he just moves on to the next thing. Because forcing yourself to do something just because it's successful also is a quick way to burn yourself out. Yeah, I mean, you can get burned out creatively, and uh, maybe, maybe you're. Yeah. Life's changed or something and, and you don't feel connected to that comic strip anymore. Shoot, you know, Bill Watterson only lasted ten years on Calvin and Hobbes. Yep. So it's pretty it's you know, it's I wish it would have I, I want it still going right now, but um, you know, it's okay to to change course and try a new webcomic. And you know, if if you don't mind, one thing I would say with that is uh, in the beginning I was all about super siblings and was branding myself everything, my Twitter handle, everything was super siblings. And then, you know, five, year five or six, I realized that what if I do want to start another comic? You know, maybe it should have been Patrick Scullin's super siblings. <laughs> so oh, that yeah, yeah. when I change to a new comic strip, uh, it's an easier transition for fans, you know. So I'm trying to rebrand myself a little more just to focus on my name and then um, allow myself a little freedom so that I can continue Super Siblings, maybe add a new one, do something else. So that's that's my advice, too. Anybody out there, just, just any questions while we're going through? Any stuff that you guys want to hear about or have questions, you know, things you're interested in? Yes? What do you do to develop your fan base? How do you draw people in? So, uh, what do you do to develop your fan base? How do you draw people in? Um, I'll start. Um, I, I have kind of a, a few different things. First, um, conventions are a big, big help for me. Um, I like looking for readers to add to my newsletter. 
because my comic strip comes out on the website, but it's also it has a newsletter format. And I find that that's the best way to stay in contact with um, potential buyers, you could say, uh, potential fans. So collecting um, addresses at con- conventions, meeting people in person, um, then keeping an active Twitter feed, um, now an Instagram feed, a variety of social media outlets to look for fans. And then when possible, I try to share the comic strip with other people that um, might you know, retweet it or share it um, so that I can get more followers to my page or uh, things like that. I've, I've tried a few different advertising sources, but um, just never kept on top of it. So I, I just kind of go with everything free I can do, you know. I actually met Patrick at a convention because I, I followed him on Twitter. And it worked. He, um, I, I think it was at Comic-Con. I don't remember, but yeah. um, this was years and years ago. Um, wow. Uh, and, and, <laughs> no, does that make old? I know. <laughs> um, but I, and he tweeted out, if you come to my, the next person that comes to my booth gets a free comic, and I did. And oh. then we, like, and then he got a free Super Siblings comic, and then... And then and then we hit it. We started talking from yeah. there, and then that's one you know. And then again, like networking and meeting people and talking to people. And usually in our industry, that happens at conventions. Um, it also happens on Twitter, and there is websites like um, the one of the makers of webcomics.com. I mean, webcomics. How to make webcomics? Brad Geiger runs a website called webcomics.com. It's a there's a one there's an annual membership fee of twenty dollars, but you get that back in like he's got a bunch of incentives that yeah. he provides, and then there's like community. There's it's probably the best message boards that I've seen regarding web comics and there's a lot of pro pros in there offering advice. Robert Koo from Penny Arcade is usually in there giving business advice. Brad and some of the other web comics people are in there. And it's also they also have forums specifically for connecting people like writers and illustrators and other things. And then Facebook, there's Facebook groups. There's another group that I um, I participate in called Web Comics Underdogs and they Help each other out a lot and offer a lot of practical advice. And the webcomics advocates are webcomicsadvocates.com or Facebook page. While you're at it, and and then as far as us promoting, again, like like Patrick said, it's evolved quite a bit over the years, and that's one of the key things. It's pretty pretty much in any creative media is you kind of have to stay on top of what is working because it has changed so much. I mean, when we first started, stumble upon was a huge thing, and now I feel like the only people that use that are spammers. Um, so, so it has changed a lot. I mean, we've had a lot of success with Reddit. There's specific um, the webcomic subreddit and the comic subreddit. They allow creators to submit their comics as long as you're not submitting them over and over again the same ones. But you, they let you like if we we do a, like if you're doing a weekly script strip, strip, they allow you to submit each strip one time, and then people will vote it up. They'll comment on it, and. Um, and we've had some quite a bit of that. That's our pretty regular driver of traffic: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's pretty much, and then Project Wonderful. Phil was um, for, but it's one of those things. Like Patrick said, you kind of have to stay on top of it. It's a, it's an advertising network specifically. I think it was Ryan North Is created it? it. I think so. Oh, really? And um, so we have thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs up. Yeah, okay. And uh, and so it's specifically. I mean, by one person. A lot of web comics use it. A lot of other, and you can. You can bid. If for those of you that don't know what Project Wonderful is, um, you people bid on your ad space like this much per day, and then if somebody outbids them, then their ad appears, 
And it can go, like, if you want to advertise on something like questionable content, I mean, it's a lot of money. But it's almost, I, when I did, like, when Phil, so Phil and I got to this point where we were building up a Project Wonderful credit from our site, and then we would use it every once in a while on other sites. And I put up our ad on Diesel Sweeties, and in the span of, like, an hour, we got, like, 20,000 impressions. Because, I mean, that's a hugely trafficked webcomic. So sometimes if you have a new comic or something you think might play really well, it's worth doing things like that. And then Phil's, we've had a lot of experience even just meeting other webcomics people through posting free ads and hosting free ads. Yeah. Like, oh, you're those guys. Oh, we have an ad on your site. And like, and, and that's, that's something, you know, that's another You've thing. You've reminded me I need to, I don't think I've checked my Project Wonderful balance yeah, got some money on there. <laughs> well, one more thing I would add on that, and this is, I mean, it's kind of very specific to, to ours, but I think it can apply depending on what you do. We Ours, like I mentioned, is about music, and so one of the things we've done is, because I had a lot of connections with bands and stuff, is we have a, a section on our page where our character interviews bands, like real-life bands, and so I'll contact bands in real life and you know, set up an interview, like an email interview yeah. with them, and then I'll write it as if our character is interviewing them. And it's, it's a, you know, kind of a silly little thing, but we'll get people that are interested in the subject matter we're touching on because yeah. they're looking, you know, for... Most of our Google band. traffic comes from the band interviews. Right. Now, that doesn't apply, you know, not everyone's yeah. going to do band interviews, but if you've got something about a very specific subject, marching reaching out to that community... Yeah. Which one? What was your... Marching band interview. <laughs> if you have a marching band... <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's if you band. do a webcomic about, like, video games, maybe try, like, you know, reaching out to video game fans in some way, or if you're doing a webcomic about, like, again, like a specific thing... Like 90210, <laughs> reach out to people who like 90210. You know, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> um, There's probably people. Like, one of the examples... I always think about is something like Unshelled, which was a hugely popular webcomic, but it's specifically about like librarians and books, and they do a huge business in the library and book community, like huge, like they go to the American, like um, they were, I was talking to the guy and like they went to the American Library Association convention, I think that sounds right, and they sold like hundreds of books. Because like oh there's a web comic about librarians I'm a librarian like I'll buy this and so things like that just finding a niche and with web comics especially you can go as niche as you possibly can go and your audience will find you if you're doing a good job. Well, and along with that I would add too just what you're describing is um, sometimes just focusing on a web community doesn't reach out to real people mm -hmm. and so I've had a lot of success too going to schools and um, discussing my, my characters and talking to kids about drawing and stuff and you know that's a it's another way to reach out to a new community that isn't necessarily thinking about a webcomic but then later becomes a fan any other questions so quiet out there it's hard all right. So, what, what do you guys see as the, the future of the web comics that you're in right now? Will they ever end? Well, that's a, a really interesting question for me because um, when I started Super Siblings, I was determined to never end it. Um, but I'm really thinking about it now that, you know, do I want to have an end in sight or do I want to change it significantly so that uh, maybe it's just adventure stories and the comic strip changes or I try a different comic strip? Um, it's it's funny. I I haven't decided. So mine's continuing to go, but um, 
I get distracted by new ideas all the time. So, so sometimes the fresh idea seems like the best one when usually it's just I'm distracted from you know what seems like like uh, I mean what distracted from what I should be sticking to you know so. And I mean, as far as ours goes, I mean we we love doing it and. You know, I don't see it needing to end. Yeah, our characters may or may not be somewhat loosely based on ourselves. Pretty as much well. just some <laughs> things that we do. And there's an endless supply like, of material. You know, yeah. it it does switch up it a does. little bit. It doesn't always like exactly line up. Rex is mostly Phil, though. Mostly, but sometimes <laughs> not yeah, always. Sometimes it's easier to fit the joke in with Manny saying something I would say or vice versa. Yeah. So it just depends. Like, and it's just conversations we have, and then we'll be like, "Oh, that's a comic." Um, I always say this when we do this panel, the key thing is because when you do have those moments, like, oh, this is a comic, um, write it down somehow, or um, I, have, I have a Google Keep on my phone, and I just put in, like, little notes if I, because if you don't, it will disappear. I mean, Phil and I have lost entire storylines because we'll have this crazy brainstorming session, and then three days later be like, wait, what were we talking about? I think what it was, was this. And especially with very specific things, like very specific punchlines, if you come up with them, write that stuff down because it's you need to have that, and it will go away, especially like if the, the older you get. It's weird. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like Phil and I have lost entire things where we'll be on the phone or we'll be somewhere, and we're just like, yeah, 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 and then it's gone. And so we actually, um, since we collaborate together, there's, again, technology is caught up with us in a lot of those aspects. So now we use uh, Google Drive. And um, we just have a shared Google Doc where it's just a pages of one-line ideas. And then we have a separate one for, like, scripts, whenever I feel like trying to write out actual scripts. And, um, and then we have our shared, just our shared docs for that. Anybody can do it. Um, and, again, the Internet has made things very easy to keep same, track of everything. Yeah, I do the same thing. I have a Google, um, Google Doc for all my scripts and stuff and keep track of them. It's, um, I don't know, you asked a little about the future, too, yeah. of where to go, and um, uh, I really think that, like you said earlier about the phone, um, you know, that's the main news source, it's the main entertainment source for everything. Um, I'm really exploring if I can get into a, you know, a comic app or some other aggregator out there that, kind of like being in the comic section on the, you know, Sunday newspaper, um, if you can get your stuff in that area where a lot of people are going somehow, I think making it convenient, um, we can somehow make a you know a comic page for the new age. You know, I just wrote that. That's that not good. Awesome. That's not a good. You better write that down. <laughs> nice. I like that. But because I know there are there's some I'm new sure apps. That down. There yeah, seriously, yeah. you won't forget that. I know um, there's apps like Tapastic, which is something we use because uh, it is like having um, a mobile app for your comic. You just put your comics in there, and it's um, free for creators. And they actually integrate with Patreon now, if that's something you want to do. Um, if you found a way, like not every Patreon's not for everybody. You have to be at a certain point where you're you have content that you're going to provide, like, and people are paying you on a, like on a monthly basis supporting you, hence the patron, Patreon name, um, and if you can, if, but, but in Tapastic, again, like mobile devices are the way, so having your comic in something like Tapastic, or if you can get on one of the, because there are aggregator apps 
that people do use, but they are curated. Yeah. And you got to get to a certain level. But Tapastic, you just post and people go. And then I advertise that. We had a guy, like, years and years ago make an uh, iPhone app for us, which still is there and it still works since it's RSS-based. Um, but our Android app, like, broke, like, almost, like, immediately, like, stopped working. <laughs> Whereas Tapastic, it's constantly updated, and since we don't have to... And then people can read our comic on there. And it's just another... Get another way to get eyeballs on it. So I highly recommend it. And they're good people. Um, we've interacted with them quite a bit through our community. Um, so, Brenda, you mentioned uh, Patreon. Have any of you guys used uh, Patreon to... <laughs> Personally, I, I haven't, but I have a lot of friends who have, and they. Yeah. Uh, one of my good friends, Travis Hansen. Some of you guys may know um, Beanleaf Press. Um, he he has a nice Patreon page where he's he's going back and coloring his um, his black and white book, and so that's part of the subscription. Is you're helping fund um, his. I mean, he's got I think nearly a thousand pages now of content, but kind of like. Uh, the way uh, Jeff Smith did with the bone, but um, I haven't figured out a way to to make a Patreon for me. Something I know a lot of what it is. I know some people like Ryan North. I think is if it's like a day early, you get it like a day early. Okay. Um, I know some people have gone the. I mean, Brad Geeker went um, adults. Oh yeah, you and not really safe for work. Me. Did that? It was you? pretty surprising. I was surprised that, that hey, and sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So if you pay into the Patreon, you can get not safe for work drawings. Not safe for work super siblings. I'm going to say I don't know. That's a bad idea. Bad idea. I'm just going to come out and say right. Don't do that. We like here. That changes the whole dynamic. So, uh, but yeah, then you can, you can come up with that, or maybe like extra bonus strips, maybe something as simple as that, whatever. I mean, um, and people, we're in the podcasting community also, and I know a lot of podcasts, including Andrew, your own podcast, you offer bonus episodes. So you could do something similar like that for web comics. Um, and, and then you can even, and then, and then people pay a monthly thing, and when you get to a certain level, you can offer more bonuses and, Things like that. I would just chime in too because we, both Patrick and, and Brendan and I, have all done uh, Kickstarter projects that were successful, and it's kind of a similar thing where you're offering reward for people pledging. And so my advice on that level is you make sure that if you're going to do something like that, that you offer something that you're able to produce because it's really easy to say, oh, I'm going to have all this extra awesome stuff, and then when you have to do it, you're like, oh, this is hard. This is a yeah, lot. It's like homework. Yeah, I don't want to do this. So yeah, yeah. don't promise something that you can't deliver because there's nothing that will lose you people faster than promising them something and not giving it to them, especially people that pay you. <laughs> Any other questions? I got one over here. Because of the anonymity and no barriers to entry the internet, how do you deal with idea theft or negative reactions? Mm. I Good question. question. The, the question is, uh, how do you deal with uh, idea theft or um, yeah, I, stuff? <laughs> it's funny. I encourage it because I want people to share my stuff. <laughs> and you had something uh, borrowed from you. I've had stuff stolen from you. He's had t-shirts yeah. stolen. And it's funny. I... It, it, what's really cool is that people tell me. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't. I don't know what's happening, and then somebody warns me and says, "Hey, they got your shirt." And usually, somebody will take it down or something. But um, you know, in in reality, I don't know how you can police uh, idea theft. Um, I do believe, though, that if you're consistently putting out a brand, you know, your own content, that um, 
people will will recognize it as yours. I I just um, I think that I would rather take the risk than not put it out there. Yeah. And I, I I just read this. I talked about it in our last panel that we did, but. I tend to subscribe, especially at the level that I'm that we're working at. Um, I tend to subscribe to Neil Gaiman's philosophy on it that um, our greatest enemy is not piracy; it's obscurity. And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, and also with ideas, with especially ideas like things like oh, this comic is similar, like this. Um, I, I'm a pretty like you know in the collective conscious of things, it's so hard to prove that kind of thing. And there's so much, it's, it seems like, unless, I don't know, I mean, for me, again, I'd rather be like, I'd be flattered. And at my le- at our level, when you get to a higher level and where, where a lot of, some of these higher level webcomics have the problem of those like E-Bombs World and other sites stripping off their copyright information and then posting it, that's where, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna, but when you're at that level, you can fight that. I mean, Oatmeal, he can hire lawyers and do those things, but when you're just a guy and that happens, I would just kind of, I'd be pretty stoked, I mean, honestly. <laughs> One practical advice, though, and this, I mean, it might seem basic, but some people forget it, is if you have a webcomic, make sure you have your website and right in there. The, your close, copyright information on there. As close to your artwork as you can get to try, because those sites do try and strip that off, but you, there's ways, I mean, you can do it. And again, as Patrick said, like if you have fans, they are going to let you know. They can be your eyes and ears. And, um, yeah, um, there was a second part. You were just talking about idea theft. What else were you talking about? Negative. Oh, negative. That's a, that also is good because I remember our first negative comment, Phil lost his I mind. I called up right and I'm like, can I delete this? And he's like, oh, I'm like, no, but he said something. Phil really wanted to like, Phil's like, I want, first he wanted to delete it. Then he wanted to respond to him. And I'm like, you got to just, like, just relax. we got to just let this happen. And it means that somebody was... Our stuff did move this guy enough that he wanted to react, and I consider that a victory. <laughs> it's true. And our, our our first review we got was also not very friendly. Like, so we actually wrote a review for a webcomics page, and it was that harsh, pretty harsh. And I don't know, but again, by that point, we we're like, well, at least they cared enough to write a review, I guess. And people are still maybe my click on our website because they did link to our That's website. True. We got quite a few clicks from it, so they were like, oh, this sucks really bad. I got to see how bad. Like yeah, wow, that's as bad as they say. I should do this. I don't know. So I don't. I don't think that that's. It's not. You know, it's not terrible. People are going to say mean stuff on the internet, but we've also got a lot of really cool compliments and positive feedback. So you know, it's not. It's you just gotta let it roll off. I think a little bit. I think it's definitely like engaging. Like I, I think about some authors and like Goodreads and like some of the disasters that I've seen happen because of them like actively fighting with their fan, like fan base that's that that can only lead to bad things and you do have to build up that big thing because again like phil it was like a crisis like i thought we were done like i thought he wasn't going to want to do it anymore because this first comment it was pretty mean well no the first comments we got weren't mean the first review i think the first, first comment, comment we ever got was, was from was that from your mom no the first comment <laughs> That, that was one of the first ones. The first comment we ever got was a guy that said, "Is this supposed to be an alien or a piece of broccoli?" And I was like, "Okay, at least he's curious. And it's an alien, so it's fine." Uh, we should let's should we get to our uh, my favorite part? Oh, we got some. We got oh, we have another question. Sorry. Okay, we got a couple. And forgive me, I'm, I'm new to this, so uh, with the idea stealing 
thing being said, um, I'm trying to find like a connection between the web and the digital comics. Like, um, we have the option of having our digital download available for our readers. They can download multiple devices multiple times, opposed to only available online. And, and what your thoughts are? In that. I, so, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I was going to say that um, digital comics are a great way to monetize your comic. And making it special somehow is what makes it attractive, I think, to buy. Because we know people can read our comic on the web. That's, that's fine. They can read it for free. But somehow packaging it, or in my case, um, I've been toying with the idea of coloring it. And so the digital version you pay for is color, but my web comic is black and white. Things like that make it, I think, an upsell, I guess you could say. <laughs> so I, I love the idea of like comicsology. Um, uh, in the previous panel, I listened to Made Fire. I wasn't familiar with that one. Um, I'd like to try that out too. But uh, I really like it. Do you guys? Uh, that? Yeah, I think that pretty answered what you said. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, in the back there. Uh, is there a big international? Comics, and are there any markets that have surprised you in looking at your analytics? Yeah, we well, our first fan art we ever got was from Australia, which was cool. Yeah, we got some awesome. fan art from Australia. There is, um, again, you do have, there is that language, there is that language barrier, but um, if you can overcome that, I know bigger web comics have, they do, there is, there is a whole audience of fan translations where I know certain comics really? have had fans trans, do translations for them. There is, um, there is a what is that thing that we do that that like the transcriptions because oh, what is it um, called yeah transcribing well there's a, Ryan North also run by Ryan North it's like where oh. you have a button on the bottom of your comics and fans can submit transcriptions and then that because I can see that going so many different ways oh yeah well, you can approve it yeah you can approve it that would but, not say um, but the thing is because you have to you do have to realize that. We, we actually had, so Phil and I went to a convention where this woman came up to us and she was blind and she said, do you offer transcriptions? Cause if, if you, and also meta tagging, because if you don't, if you, if you don't do any kind of like, um, image, like writing the captions or anything in your tag, they use a reader, like a special reader for the blind where it, it, it reads out everything on the screen and if you don't have anything there, they don't, there's nothing there for them to see and they're just going to move on. So I mean I know that is a small percentage of people but offering that and having those special those tags describing your comic, that is if you have something where you can offer that, it's a little bit extra work but not much. Um, and and then and then they can use their software to describe what's happening. That's another thing. And then also through having those written out descriptions, that can also lead to things like translations. And and then if you but if you do like a mo mostly and then also depending on your comic, if it's a visual, it's, it's a very visual kind of tough. Yeah. But if it's purely visual, then you can't have appeal. But again, there's that's that's something where as you're locating your audience. Working with your audience, finding your audience, and yeah, and for most web comics, it is pretty much English speaking because my Mandarin, I don't write it at all, and the song is very small, so I don't know how much we're impacting that world. But I think we need to move on. Yeah, we got we, so it's time for my favorite part. Andrew, I, I keep taking your job. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Bill loves this part. Uh, uh, 
to offer uh, anyone with a webcomic uh, to come up in front and pitch it to everyone. Uh, yeah, in 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Uh, draw yourself. Elevate Make pitch. sure you tell us your title and your URL, please. URL. And URL. we're going to give you one of our microphones. Oh, yeah, she's we'll, ready. Right, just right. We'll come oh, down here. we got an extra one. So if anybody, oh. She, if you want to line up. Yeah, why don't you come, come line up over here. That's good. That'd be fantastic. So again, we're just going to hear from some people. So this is great because there's other artists or writers or whoever in the audience are going to be hearing about it and other potential fans, which is fantastic. So I also want to encourage anybody that's sharing, if you guys have business cards or flyers, make sure to share those around. Make sure to share with us so that we can all uh, keep in touch. Yes. I got a timer right here. Got it? All right. So Andrew's going to make sure that this keeps on target here. Yep. Okay. Here's my, I'll start with my lag uh, log line. Uh, 50 years after causing a devastating apocalypse, multiple groups of ancients vowed to locate the control of one person destined to rule the planet. A young boy with no memory of his past uh, and more power than all the other ancients combined. And this is a uh, printed version. Um, you guys can check it out. My wife has some flyers. What's it called? Infinite Glory. Okay. And What's your URL? Infinite Glory GN. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Also, um, we recommend you guys posting. You're free to post your links to your comics on webcomicsadvocates.com on our Facebook page when you get home or whenever. Please feel free to do that. Yeah, it's a great place to share, and you can share as much as you want and talk about stuff. Keep all right. Who's next? Hi, I have this called Sticks and Stones and Puppy Dog Bones, and our URL is puppydogbones.com. And it's two characters called Tim and Katie, and, um, and we're called Tim and Katie. And um, they go on adventures, and they're into enlightenment-y stuff for the next and political things. We love Bernie Sanders. And what's the URL one more time? Puppydogbones.com. Puppydogbones.com. Thank you. All right. You guys have a flyer business card? Okay. Who's next? Go ahead. Hi. Do you guys want to leave poverty behind and never see it again? Well, join the two brothers, Drew and Drew and George, on an adventure where they're being led by by a gangster out of out of uh, poverty, and they have to break a few rules to get out of it. And the comic book is called Morphe's Avenue, and my friends and I are working on it, and we're called Warehouse Publishing. And if you guys are interested, well, um, I'll be happy to offer you the postcard. And what's the website? Do you have a website? Yes, it's uh, warehousepublishing.wordpress.com. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Good evening, everybody. Uh, my name is Sean Paul Napa, and uh, my book is called Ace. Ace is basically, uh, if I were to pitch it to you guys right now, in terms of short summary, is Game of Thrones meets uh, Top Gun, I guess. <laughs> Less of the beach ball scene. Come on, it's, man! Yeah. It's, 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 um, it's, Bunch of kingdoms. Uh, it's, I've been developing this story since I was 12, I'm 25 now. Um, and it started off as a fantasy comic book series. Now it's um, I'm trying to make it more digital publishing. Uh, 
probably going to move on since I'm probably trying to register the URL right now. What's, what's the URL? Uh, uh, he's trying to like register. But it's called Ace. Ace. Uh, I will be starting the Kickstarter. I already have at least two or three artists uh, joining my team right now. Um, I already have the script for the first art when you have that when you have that done make sure to post it on our page please make sure you do that uh, anybody who wants business cards or anything contact information I have them on me uh, yeah drop them off by us as you come back to you please thank you alright thank you I have a welcome so from Hutch. It's like, um, it's all the things in Robot Armor's punching chat. It's very big. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, an urban uh, robot of Mega Man. And I have uh, some free copies of the new one. Alright. Alright. Cool. Alright, thank you. 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 Mark, uh, I have a webcomic that is due to come out hopefully around August, September of this year, so it's still not up, still more in progress. And it's basically a caveman who fights time and zombies. And the name or the title is Caveman Chronicles. And it will be on my professional website, uh, conceptualimagination.com. It's going to be a weekly thing, so it's going to be a one page comic script on a weekly basis. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right. Excellent. Thank, Thank, you. Thank you. Anyone else? Oh, yeah, business cards. Excellent. Again, make sure you guys are trading them around, get the info from each other. It's a great way, again, to build community by being in touch with us. Yeah, we're doing this. And as I said before, go to our, it's a Facebook page, but it's at webcomicsadvocates.com, and you can share information and um, let us know what's going on. If you got it, if you're going to be at a convention, if you got a Kickstarter, just updates on your regular comics. Updated. We've, We've had people that started off. They hadn't even done their comic yet, coming to our panel, and now they're out on the floor with their panels, with their with their booths and with their books, and the so that student has become the map. Yeah, and that's that's what we want to see, and we want to see all of you doing that, and that's what we're here for, and we're here to help in any way we can, and we're always available. At you can come to our Facebook page and contact us. We also have business cards, and if you like what you heard hearing us talk, Phil and I do have a podcast called Radio Brendo Man. RadioBrendo.com and and we'd love to talk about creative things on there. Andrew on the Benji Network. Yeah, Andrew has a Yeah, check out BenjiNetwork.com if you like that kind of thing. Any other last minute questions? Anything else you guys want to know about? We gotta stop. Oh, stop! We gotta stop. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you. Come over and chat with us afterwards. Love talking to you. I've got a couple of free books.
This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. Hello, Benview fans. If you're listening to the show that has the sad, you like the network. So I'm here to say maybe consider checking out Popsicles, a show where a guy mainly doesn't say anything for a while and then get people get mad at him because he hasn't seen the same things they've seen. Benson's just being, being hard on himself. <laughs> That's what the show seems like to me. Alright, well, you can listen to Popsicles. <laughs> Got Derek and me, Brendan Creasy, and Benson. He's a big part of the show. Don't let him undersell it. <laughs> you can listen to it on the Benview Network website, benviewnetwork.com, or go to popsiclespodcast.com, or wherever you find podcasts. If you like Radio Brendo Man, or the late but great Picture Start, or Benson's Blue Box, this show's got all three of those on. Listen to me get browbeaten by, by these two <laughs> for 90 minutes every, every few months.